everyone. Welcome to What Really Works, a mental health podcast for young adults and youth. In these podcasts, you can expect to hear us chat about mental health and provide well-being tips and tricks with the odd joke thrown in. What Really Works is brought to you by Discovery College, an initiative run by the Canadian Mental Health Association, Kelowna, where lived and living experience and learned experience informs everything we do. Now let's get started with today's episode. We're talking about procrastination. Yeah, we are. Procrastination Nation. Who is listening to the podcast right now and listening to it just to put off a deadline? Oh my God, I do that. I do that all the time. Way too much. I, I probably shouldn't even be saying how much I say it considering that this is a part of our job. But yeah. We we love procrastination. Everyone loves. Well, I think everyone kind of hates procrastinating, yeah. but we, we hate to love it and we and we love to hate it. It's just one of those things that I think all people do. Definitely on different levels. But we're going to kind of get stuck into what procrastination is today, why everybody does it, what it looks like, and why me and Olivia know that procrastination makes our lives so much harder, but we still do it. On a scale of one to 10, the procrastination scale, Mm -hmm. one being I don't procrastinate that much and 10 being holy heck, I procrastinate all the time. Um, What are you? I mean... I'm a solid eight. I was going to say, I don't really want work to know this, but I would say like a 9.5. Oh my goodness. You should not be, you should be listening to this podcast. Well, well, that's why I'm here. I'm here to share my experience of being a really terrible procrastinator and the way that I kind of think about it in my brain. You know what the problem is, and I have spoken about this before with like friends, is my problem with procrastination is I haven't failed from it yet, which is why I'm really bad at procrastination. Because I've really not had that kick of the butt yet. What would you consider like failing at procrastination then? Would it be procrastinating something and then not getting it done at the end of the day? Or like turning out a product that's pretty not good? Yeah. <laughs> like, in, and that's the thing. That's like how I say it in my head is I'm procrastinating on something where I have a timeline. I can think of the time when I was at university and I had to write my thesis. Mm. Which is something that in my master's I was given six months to write guess how long I took a week less no way yeah didn't you have frequent meetings with your supervisor like yeah and I'd be like yeah I'm plodding along with this great and they wouldn't check it wait so how long three days (gasps) Becky I know well I wrote it in three days I obviously had to do the like Get the yeah. research and all that yeah. kind of stuff. I'll gather all my data. But I wrote it in three days. So you only had one draft then, hey? Like you yeah. s- submitted your first draft of it. Yep. How did it turn out? I mean, I got like an okay mark. <laughs> I, I, I passed. Um, Procrastination's great, guys. Well, no. But then the problem is, is when I look back at it, I'm pretty disappointed with what it is. Me individually. Like, yeah, oh. I got an okay mark. Mm-hmm. But I mean, even my grammar is incorrect like, throughout the whole thing. Is like, and it's pretty disappointing, really, when that's what I've worked, supposed to have worked on for so long. And yeah. Yeah, I think that that's one of the things that I struggle with with procrastination is in the moment, you know, sometimes it can feel pretty good because you get this instant gratification of procrastinating something and doing something else that's fun. And then, you know what? I have to admit, I do kind of enjoy the rush of adrenaline when it's like, I need to get this thing done and I need to get it done quickly. And once it's finished, you're like, oh, heck yeah, it's done. But then depending on either how well you do about it 
on it or how you feel afterwards, I think I tend to feel kind of bad about myself because I know that I could have done better if I would have set some more rigid timelines and actually stuck to those timelines. This is kind of how I think about procrastination. And Olivia, just like feel free to like jump in at any point with this. But basically the way that I think about it in my mind is everybody in their brain has almost like this steering wheel that's in the center of their brain, right? And we have a rational thinker behind that steering wheel. And that's what we hope to have behind our steering wheel, right? Is And our rational thinker is almost like everything I ever want to be. They're really organized. They've got like great timelines. There's like, you know. Binders with sticky notes, color-coded sticky note binders. Exactly. You know, they're that person who is at school and the deadline's two months away and they've got a timeline and so organized. That's a rational thinker, right? And that rational thinker is who I want to be. And I'm trying to be. But the problem is, is in my brain and in many procrastinators' brains is we don't just have our rational thinker. We have the instant gratification monkey who basically takes the wheel from the rational thinker. And he's like, we could create a timeline and all these separate deadlines before our essays due in. Or we could do something that's more instant and more gratifying. And not even that gratifying, not even that more fun. But it's just instant, right? An instant dopamine hit. Like, I'll go scroll through Instagram or somehow I'll end up 45 pages down through Wikipedia on the most randomest page. And there, instead of sorting my essay or work timeline out. So that's the thing with our instant gratification monkey is he takes us to this little land, which is... Our instant gratification monkey is like, oh, this is our fun theme park land. Our procrastination land. Uh, yeah, our procrastination land where it takes us when it's like, ha, ah, rational thinker, no, we don't need our deadline. We can do that later. Thing is, instant gratification monkey tells us that it's this fun theme park land, but actually, fun theme park land is not that fun when it's unearned and you know you've got stuff to do. That fun theme park land, shall we call it, that the monkey takes us to is actually full of guilt. It's full of dread. It's full of shame and anxiety. anxiety. <laughs> anxiety land is more like what it is. Right? Because we know in the back of our minds and our rational thinker is going, oh, no, no, no. Like, I shouldn't be on Instagram for the next two hours. Or I shouldn't be binge watching Netflix for the, the whole day because I know I need to be doing this. And this activity I'm doing is not what I should be doing. And... It's not productive. It's not productive, right? So as you can imagine, when we go to procrastination land with the instant gratification monkey, not great for our mental health. I think you could agree with that, Olivia. Yeah, I don't think it's the best for our mental health. It doesn't feel great, right? When you know that you're procrastinating, you know you've got stuff that you need to get done, but you're not doing it. Because it's easier to not do it. It's easier to not get started, right? Mm -hmm. So then who comes next? So what we do is when we've got that deadline, there is one thing that the instant gratification monkey is scared of, right? Mm -hmm. It's called the panic monster. Ah! Yeah. Panic monster wakes up when it gets close to that deadline and is like, ah, deadline's coming. Like, you need to get yourself together. And that scares the instant gratification monkey away. Monkey runs away. And then the panic monster passes the wheel back to the rational thinker who those two together 
basically do what they need to do to get whatever it is done. So the panic monster is the one that makes, you know, all nighters studying for an exam happen. You know, when we seem to have had no motivation for so long and then all of a sudden we can just be like working for a solid however many amount of time, that's the panic monster. That's that adrenaline I was talking about. So you're familiar with the panic monster? I am. The panic monster and I, we are old friends. We go back a long time. But the thing is, I've noticed that although the adrenaline, you know, is is all right. And I and I said that I do like that. And I do like I think I almost like the challenge sometimes Mm -hmm. as I've gotten older and had more plates spinning and more stressful things happening in life. That panic monster has turned into mostly an anxiety monster mm-hmm. is and then that is ma- it makes it so much harder for me to concentrate and work straight for eight hours because I'm thinking to myself there's no way I can get this done I can't do it I can't do it and that panic monster is just an unproductive monster at this point mm-hmm. yeah and that's the thing about the panic monster is oh especially when it turns into an anxiety monster it's not particularly helpful it helps us like maybe be productive or it might not help us be productive at all. So, and that's also not great for our mental health, relying on the panic monster. No, and I think that's when our procrastination fails us. You know, you said that you haven't failed yet and so maybe your procrastination is getting worse. Uh, but eventually when we have too many things on our plate, that procrastination will fail us. Mm-hmm. And then what do we do after that? Well, and that's really interesting as well. You know, like I said, like I maybe I've not failed that at procrastination quite yet. And I maybe I haven't failed at it externally. Like, yeah, I've Ooh. met the deadlines. I've handed in my essays on time. I get stuff done when it needs to be done. But is it to the level that I want it to be? No. Is it good on my health? No. no. So actually, although I'm saying I've not necessarily failed at it, I'd like... I've let myself down with it. Yeah, internally, but also our physical body is affected by it. I don't know about you, but when you stay up for an all-nighter or you have a lot of work to get done, I don't make healthy meals for myself. I don't go out and, you know, go climbing to exercise my body and move my body. I don't get as much sleep as I need to because I'm stressed out about this deadline. So it affects our mental wellness, our physical wellness. And let's be honest, that instant gratification monkey is not very gratifying anyway so why do we why do we do this why do we continually go through this cycle I have no idea and there is one thing as well I kind of want to mention is what happens when there isn't a panic monster you're screwed (laughs) so what happens if whatever it is that we're procrastinating doesn't have a set deadline so you're in school you have an essay due or you have an experiment do whatever it is, you have a deadline that is there to wake up that panic monster, right? What happens when it's something where maybe we're just setting a goal for ourselves, you know, whether it's like me, I've been trying to get fit at the moment, right? And I've been procrastinating that for like over a year because I don't have a panic monster because there's no deadline that's being imposed on me. Yeah. And that and you know, that's me as an individual. That's my experience, right? Other people don't work exactly in that same way but that's something we have to also bear in mind right is you know when we don't necessarily have an external thing that's going to cause our panic monster to wake up how does that then impact us 
when we start putting off things that help us work towards our goals or when we start putting off things that even bring joy to us because there's some steps that we've got to do before it and it's taking a lot of motivation to get there or maybe as a young person you'd love to set up your own business like how do you even get yourself started there when there's like no panic monsters to go oh like you need to do this by x right how does that affect us when we kind of then get stuck in this like instant gratification land and we've spoken before about like when you're in that land when you know you shouldn't be it affects our anxiety it affects our stress levels it can be filled with guilt and dread so how does how does that affect us when it's going on for a long time and it's stopping us from the things that we actually enjoy doing it ends up being spread throughout our lives yeah and it doesn't end up just being in situations like school or um, maybe something in the workplace it affects us in more areas that aren't related to our professional and educational lives which I think a lot of people don't really realize and it's something that I didn't realize before until you really start to think about it what are those things that I'm putting off that don't have a deadline and that I don't even really realize that I'm putting off and I think that's a big thing as well is it is so easy to put things off when like you say they're more about is personally you know especially we live in quite a western well we live in a western society here in BC and the way that that kind of plays out in our lives is like Olivia said like a lot of things are like based in like academia or jobs and things like that to help us motivate ourselves but what happens when it's further outside of that how do we even motivate ourselves when it's for us individually yeah motivation and procrastination seem like they're incredibly linked which is maybe where we can begin to dive into how we can take accountability and begin to move away from procrastination and instead transform that circle into a motivation circle rather than a procrastination circle yeah I like that so how do we do that (laughs) yeah I like that I like that (laughs) Let's just procrastinate that point for a little (laughs) bit longer. Um, Well, I think a big thing for me as to why I procrastinate is the classic, I don't even know how to get started. I don't even know what the first step is. I'm looking at such a big thing that I want to do. Oh, it's so overwhelming. Right? So, and I just mentioned that I've been trying to get fit and I've been literally procrastinating this for a year then obviously has a big impact on myself physically and mentally kind of putting off doing some kind of physical exercise and building up that fitness so and I I think what it is is it felt so overwhelming trying to work out how to get fit I was like where do I even start like what what do I do like what's the first step when I'm really unfit and everything feels really hard like even just thinking like how often should I be doing some form of exercise how long should that exercise be all these different things where it's like oh like this is a really big picture thing like this is overwhelming whereas something I've started to do is so I call that zooming out when we're like ah this is such a big task I don't even know where to get started um or such a big goal I don't know where to get started so what can be really helpful is to then zoom in and instead of thinking this whole big picture we just think of something really small and really manageable so my first thing was last week my zoom in was just to wake up at the time that I want to get up to be able to do half an hour of exercise in the morning like that was the first thing just like you can wake up at that time and slowly building up from there so that I'm zoomed in really far and it doesn't feel like this huge mammoth task I have to take on instead it's just this small little thing of like I'll just get up half an hour earlier so then I can start bringing about that change in my life 
Yeah, and related to maybe something that I've experienced a lot is... I, you know, I have this huge essay that's due and I have so much research that I have to do and I, you know, I have to write 30 pages and it just seems like an impossible task and something that I definitely don't want to get started on because it seems too big. But I'll just start with, okay, the first thing I'm going to do is open up Word. The second thing I'm going to do is put my name, date, professor, and then what's the title? Okay, now that I have the title, what's what's the the first kind of bullet point sentences that I might want to do? Okay, now maybe I'm, you know, into the groove a little bit more and I've broken through and then you can actually start getting started on what you're doing. I think the thing with procrastination is starting is always the hardest thing. So if you can break this down what you're doing into bite-sized pieces so that you actually get started, then you can actually begin to take bigger bites. You know, you're not taking these tiny mouse bites anymore. You're taking bigger full bites of that project away each time. And that links into have you ever heard of the two minute rule yes it's I like I love it I've started doing it in like my day-to-day life because I realized my procrastination was totally down to being overwhelmed by the size of things so when I'm talking about the two minute rule it's kind of like instead of looking at something as a big goal instead making it really small and like Olivia said those kind of like small bites and making them really small and achievable and making a two-minute version so a really simple thing could be I want to start reading before bed quite a big goal could take a lot of time could take quite a bit of effort if you use the two minute version of it then actually it might just be I'll read one page before bed that's it and if I happen to start reading more and enjoy that then that's fine if I don't I've read one page before bed I've met my goal I think what you said just there is really key of if I happen to do more then that's great I think often we go in with these really large lofty goals of I'm going to read every night before bed well maybe some nights you don't feel like reading a lot before bed but if you can say to yourself I'm going to read one page before bed and try to do that every night then maybe one night you feel great and you read 30 maybe the next night you read one page and both are meeting your goal both you're going to feel good about both you're going to feel successful Rather than saying, I'm going to read every night before bed for an hour and then pushing yourself to do something that, you know what, you're just not really in the mood to do. Yeah. And I think that's the thing as well as like to motivate ourselves. We've got to make it bearable. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, really important. I also think as well, kind of reminding ourselves that because I think sometimes as well, we feel guilty for taking a break Mm. instead of procrastinating. And maybe we just need to acknowledge as well, there is the difference between the two you know procrastinating is definitely like putting things off and off and off and thinking you know I'm just kind of not going to do this right now because I really don't want to versus taking a break is like I'm gonna have a bit of time just so that I have the energy and resources to do this and then I'll pick up either the pen to get started or I'll start where I left off And kind of being a little bit kind and compassionate to ourselves for needing a break because we naturally need a break, whether that's a brain break, a physical break, just a little bit of time to ourselves. I think that's really important for us to always acknowledge as well as to kind of be even just ask ourselves, like, am I taking a break from this or am I choosing to procrastinate? Oh, uh, Pomodoro technique. 
Oh, nice. Yeah. So basically it's you do something for 20 minutes that you need to get done and then you take a five minute break and you do that on a timer. So the timer is really key because if you have it in your mind, oh, that was 20 minutes, I'm going to take a break now, then you slowly work your way into procrastination land. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you actually time that out, I find that you can get things done really quickly and then, um, or I guess quickly is not the goal, but the time goes by faster than Mm -hmm. you think it does. Like you say, using that technique as well makes it more bearable and more motivating, right? Like instead of thinking, oh, I need to spend three hours today doing my, I don't know, my university reading. Thinking that sounds like a big task and something that I definitely immediately want to procrastinate. Whereas instead, if I think I'm going to do 20 minutes, I'll have a five minute break and see where we go from there. Like that seems a lot more manageable and I would definitely feel far more motivated to do that. The other thing that I find that is really helpful is changing up your environment. This is one that is particularly key for me. I am an organizational clean and if my house is even just a little bit messy or maybe I have some dishes I need to put away or some laundry I need to do, I can come up with any excuse to just clean because I'm like, well, if this isn't clean, then I won't be able to focus and I won't get my work done. In actuality, that's me just procrastinating. So one of the things that I'll do is if I start to have those feelings of, you know what, like I need to clean something to be able to get started on this. No, you don't. I just need to leave. I just need to go to a coffee shop. I need to change up my environment, maybe go to the beach and do whatever I need to do there and make the space successful for me by moving rather than coming up with all of these little things that I can do to procrastinate getting what I need to get done started. So it's, you know, it's going to look completely different for each person, what those successful spaces are. But like you say, Olivia, quite often it's kind of removing ourselves from our day-to-day norms of where we go, oh yeah, I need to do that first before. And it's like, no, we don't. We just need to, we need to be in a new space. Yeah. It's removing ourselves from those distractions, which one of the ones that I also need to frequently remove myself from is my cell phone. So what I'll do is I'll actually, this is going to seem so silly, but I'll kind of hide my cell phone. So I'll put my cell phone in somewhere where I'm like, I really don't want to go up there and get that right now. Sometimes I'll I'll like stand on a chair and I'll put it on a really high shelf and then... (laughs) And then go and do something. But then once I'm in the middle of doing whatever I need to be doing and I'm like, oh, I have an urge to check my phone. Well, I'm not going to get up, pull out a chair, stand on top of my chair, reach for my phone on top of this huge shelf. Like that sounds like too much work. I'm not going to do that. So then therefore I don't check my phone and I keep engaged with whatever I'm doing. Well, and that's the thing, right? You've put steps in place. So that it isn't instant gratification anymore for your instant gratification monkey. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what I do. Right? So it's no longer just like there where you can just... And the thing is, is our phones are so much more accessible. Like the people who have done like all social media and phones, like shout out to you for going straight for their instant gratification monkeys because... I am sucked in because you sneaky little <laughs> folk, you, you sneaky, sneaky people. But the thing is, is like, you know, I I have a phone where it's even face re- recognition. I just have to look at my phone <laughs> and it unlocks and is on Facebook, right? Like there's not even like, oh, I need to like type in my pin code or anything. I literally just have to look at it and it's like, ooh. It's opened up. It's so easy and free for me to join. You're blowing my mind right now <laughs> about how related like technology and our phones are to the instant gratification monkey. My mind is blown. And there are, I mean, I know we've just 
saying like technology is great for the instant gratification monkey, but there are apps and things that you can download into your browsers where you can set a timer for them to not allow you to go on certain apps. Oh, yeah. So, and I totally understand that. I'm the same with TV. Like I can't work in a room where there's a TV because I'd be like, oh, well, just put an episode on in the background while I'm working. And it'll be something where I've seen the episode 32 times. And I will still get sucked into it because it's like, oh, that's more fun than me doing whatever. So I have to be so strict with myself. Another thing that you can do is actually have an accountability buddy. So I know that I have one particular friend. Her name is Becky and I work (laughs) with her. And in case the listeners haven't noticed, Becky and I, we have a working professional relationship where we're also quite good friends. So what will happen is we'll be working and we're on Slack talking about work things. And I'm like, are we really talking about work things or are we procrastinating a little bit? You know, because we go back and forth asking questions and then maybe we have a little bit of a chat. So Becky and I will tell each other, hey, like I'm turning off Slack because I need to I need to grind. I need to set this down and work. So then I know that Becky's going to keep me accountable. And if I try to message her, she's not going to message me back and the vice versa, right? So it's taking that time to maybe figure out a buddy that you can have to reduce that procrastination. And that's going to keep you accountable and not let you procrastinate. And sometimes you need more than one accountability buddy too. Yeah. Sometimes, <laughs> because as well, especially if your accountability buddy is also procrastinator. It takes both of you like to have those strong boundaries and be motivated. So sometimes it can also help to just have like an, another person as well to be like, hey, I've said I'm gonna like do this one little thing today. Like make sure I've done it. Maybe it's also worth mentioning like working out where your motivation actually comes from. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Big groan in the background. <laughs> I have no idea where my motivation comes from because right now it only comes from the panic monster. So how do we work out where our motivation comes from? Well, I kind of meant, and I guess this is in relation to you saying that it's only a panic monster, right? Is are we externally motivated or are we internally motivated? So like, are we motivated by like those deadlines being put upon us? Are we motivated by having an accountability buddy? Or are we motivated by kind of more internal things? So like wanting to get towards a goal or maybe we're just really great. And I mean, if somebody is not a procrastinator in any way, please tell me your secrets. But, you know, working out whether we do need those external things putting on place for us or whether we can kind of do it ourselves and which one of those motivates us more is going to be really, really helpful. I think one of the things that, we can also focus on when we're thinking about the relationship between motivation and procrastination is our passions. So we find it so much easier to actually get started on something and not procrastinate that thing when it's something that we're passionate about, you know? So for me, I've always, always, always hated working out and going to the gym and all that kind of stuff. But then I found that I'm very passionate about sports because I get to see people and hang out and it's competitive and it's kind of that external drive, you know, towards some sort of competitive goal. So instead of having a gym membership, I play lots of rec league sports and I climb at the climbing gym, which is also pretty competitive. And you can do and apply that same logic to things that, you know, 
are more task-oriented for work or for your schooling. For example, when I was in school, I was an English and also political science major, and I really, you know, I liked writing essays, but as I've mentioned a few times already in this podcast, I had a hard time starting. But one of the things that I would do is I would try really hard to be able to speak about the topics that I was really interested in. Um, So if that meant discussing with professors, you know, I know that this is the topic that you want to see an essay on, but how would you feel if I wrote on this instead? And making sure that I'm discussing things that, you know, light my passion a little bit so that I'm excited to write. I'm excited to talk about those things. um, And I'm not just, you know, blundering through it. Advocate for yourself. Yeah, that's really great, actually. I love that. And then one thing I do kind of want to just mention and it's something that leads to procrastination and we have spoken about this topic a little bit before in I want to say episode four and I'm going to talk about perfection oh yeah (laughs) everything I mentioned today Olivia like oh man because I'm so bad at it so am I we are two procrastinators chatting i'm a perfectionist procrastinator well so this is the non-motivated blob (laughs) (laughs) um please show some self-compassion towards yourself sorry but my point is is perfectionism leads to procrastination so what i mean by that is if we are a perfectionist which many of us are Or maybe we don't identify as a perfectionist, but we want to make sure we get something really perfect the first time we do something. We want to work really hard on it and make it the best of the thing that we can do on that first time and it be our ideal product at the end. That leads to procrastination because we're setting such high standards and so many steps and making this a really big So much pressure. Right? And when there's loads of pressure attached to something and you think the first time you do it, it's got to be right and it's got to be perfect, it immediately becomes so unmotivating. Like, I don't want to do anything that the first time I do it is, oh, it's got to be perfect. So I'm just going to procrastinate away till the point that I get to my panic monster waking up and it's far from perfect. And in fact, it's way below what I would want to produce, right? So that's something bearing in mind as well is like, you know, just because we're starting something, we're setting a goal for ourselves or we're starting a task, it doesn't have to be perfect the first time. And if you don't procrastinate, you can give yourself time to make it as good as you want it to be and make it something that you're really happy with, right? And I think maybe that's something as well, right, is that we can also set ourselves some inner deadlines. We can definitely set ourselves inner deadlines, and this is not really related, but we can also set deadlines for other people. Um, what I mean by this is, so I I love editing things. You know, editing things are my favorite. And once a few people kind of know that you like editing things, then you'll get a lot of people that will send you. I.e., I send Olivia everything I write. Yeah, but sometimes, you know, you can kind of set that boundary and that'll actually force someone to not procrastinate. So if someone wants me to edit a paper for them or edit something, um, I will say, okay, that's fine, but you need to send it to me at least four days before it's due because I'm not going to do all this work to edit your edit this paper and you know provide suggestions and then you do nothing with it right and then procrastinate and not change sentences and work hard on it so send it to me four days before it's due and then send it back the same day and then I'll edit it again you know so keep keep that in mind with the with those friends of yours that are you know huge procrastinators that 
you know, you can you can maybe help him out a little bit with some kind of deadline suggestion type things. I love that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm definitely one of those people who appreciates being told a deadline. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like him. And those are good boundaries, too. Boundaries are everything. Boundaries are everywhere. You know what? I've just thought of like my lowest moment of procrastinating, I think. Give it to me. <laughs> it wasn't your master's thesis? It, is, it was part of my master's. So sadly, when I did my master's, I had to move home with my parents. And oh, really low point was I had an essay due in. And classic me hadn't started it, obviously. And then Panic Monster turned on at 6 p.m., the night before it was due at midday. And it was a 5,000 word essay, so pretty hefty. And I remember being like, oh, wow, I need to like do this, right? Um, because I was living with my parents, I was like working at the like kitchen table. And my mum was like, shouldn't you have that done by now? And obviously me being so shameful and so guilt ridden with the fact that I had been procrastinating so, so much was I totally lied and I was like I read the essay question wrong and I've realized now that I, I, I need to restart it all and my mum was like definitely looked at me as like you are lying but you know that you've done wrong here so just was like I, I can't be bothered to have this conversation with you right now and I was probably my mum was also like you know you're like 21 you should be able to get your act together by now <laughs> And then, yeah, I remember having to stay up until like four in the morning Mm -hmm. and handing it and like was like, I need to get this done. And that is definitely a low point of procrastination. I think that was probably maybe the worst time I've done it. I'm glad that you identified that as a low point because the other thing about procrastination is there's this weird procrastination culture that associates procrastination with being cool mm. and being like, oh, like you're you're so cool. You pulled an all nighter like you had five Red Bulls and you finished that essay in six hours and it was 10,000 words long. Holy dude, like good for you. Right. We have this all, we have this all nighter culture where for whatever reason, like we see it as this kind of like superpower, like, oh, you're so How'd you do it? Yeah, you're so hard, you know. How'd you How'd you do that? But let's let's cut let's cut that out. It, it's not, you know. It's something that can cause us to feel a lot of guilt. And the coolest thing is to is, is to do the, your best, and you know, have that binder full of sticky notes, and really have something you're proud of. Yeah, have have a product that you're proud of at the end of it. Yeah, and. And not even just like a product, you know, a lot of us are in school still. So, yes, like we might be thinking about procrastination very specific to like yes, schoolwork right. um, or work, work. I, I couldn't think of what to call it. Professional work. Work, 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 work. work. <laughs> but also, you know, we have spoken before about how procrastination can definitely move into and spread into uh personal lives right and those lifetime goals or long-term goals that we want to start moving towards in our lives and procrastinating on that so also like Olivia said you know starting them getting on it so whatever you need to do whatever's in the back of your brain that you're like holy heck I don't want to do this zoom in get an accountability buddy and try to start that today yeah. Becky and I are your accountability buddies right now. And we're saying, start that thing. For me, it's my American taxes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm dreading it and I need to do it. So whatever you're dreading and you need to do, go do it. Good luck, everyone. Yeah, I good think. luck, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. And, you know, we'll do this together. We'll break that procrastination circle together and 
you know, trans over to a motivation circle. Exactly. We'll break it down bit by bit. And also just remember everybody procrastinates at something. So be kind to yourself if you are procrastinating and, you know, be compassionate to yourself. And we've got this. Okay, bye. So long. Thanks again for listening to us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. You can find us on all major podcast streaming platforms. And if you don't want to miss any future episodes, you can follow us or subscribe to What Really Works. To find more from Discovery College, go to discoverycollegecolona.com. And thanks again to Staple Studio in supporting us to produce this podcast.